0: On Sunday, December 4th, Burl Ives again tells the exciting new story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer on the General Electric Fantasy Hour. The date, Sunday, December 4th. Join
1: Rudolph in a trip to the Island of Misfit Toys. Meet Yukon Cornelius, the funniest prospector of the North. (laughs) Once again. <laughs> Meet Santa's elves and hear seven original Christmas songs. Burl sings, Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. I don't know if there'll be snow, but have a cup of cheer.
0: It's a holly jolly Christmas special for the entire family. Don't miss Rudolph, Sunday, December 4th, in color on most of these stations.
1: Welcome back to the podcast. Old Millennials Remember Movies. I am your host, Angelie Oshiko, here with my co-host, Tyler Wilson, and this podcast is available in color.
0: It, whoa, crazy.
1: (laughs) What? I loved this uh, clip for Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It aired in 1966, um, two years after Red, the Rudolph, the Rudolph came out
0: so we're breaking all the rules on this podcast number one not during the time period of that we usually cover 80s 90s early 2000s what also not a movie
1: (laughs) what breaking
0: all the rules whose rules our own rules we're breaking our own
1: rules do we have rules
0: you broke your one rule what's that from i can't remember
1: you know there's only one rule on the polar express
0: i well i don't want to keep going that i the bit that i've been doing i stole directly from another podcast so don't repeat it
1: oh shit you have (laughs) you're such a dickweed oh my god you've been doing that all weekend long it was funny Way to pretend, like, way to, like, take it like it was your own all weekend and I now the I truth know. I told you that
0: it was from uh, the. Only
1: now. Only now that you're put on air. It's the blank. Pressure.
0: It's, it's the blank check pop, uh, podcast, which needs no uh, promotion. It's very popular. Yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> so, but it's a very good episode.
1: Oh, my on God. On Polar Express. All right, guys. So this is a Christmassy episode where we're going to go back and talk about Rudolph, which we watched when we were kids, but obviously came out decades before we it, were born. It's
0: still very fitting because oh, it's very fitting. we grew up with this thing. So. Yeah, we
1: definitely did. Yep. So we are going to talk about what we've been watching. Uh-huh. Yeah. Before true. we talk about Rudolph, we are. Yes. And okay, so we've been watching a lot of stuff.
0: We have. We've had a, a lot of uh, Christmas uh, type yeah. movies we've been watching with our children. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we've been getting festive in this very strange Christmas year we're trying to keep it positive while we're home being safe so you know we're making the best of it trying to anyway
1: yes so the first one we're going to talk about that we watched is on netflix (laughs) is it on the netflix jingle jingle
0: jingle jingle. a christmas journey
1: a christmas journey okay um
0: so this was a new musical that they put out on netflix this year um has a pretty good cast uh michael or keegan michael key is in it forrest whitaker is technically the lead of it and it is like an original story of a a toy maker who loses his inventions to a a former protege and then for some reason that's not the main part of the story we have to flash forward several years to meet a girl who's like the granddaughter of this guy who goes and stays with them and Uh, christmas magic and it's a full-on musical lots of musical numbers very strange uh to see forrest whitaker in that type of uh role yeah but i like forrest whitaker um i liked some aspects of this movie it wasn't amazing i would say very yeah it was okay
1: yeah i would agree that it was okay (laughs) it felt padded
0: Oh, yeah. We felt a little bit
1: And then right away when our nine-year-old criticized, like, wait, why is this a story within a story within a story? There's
0: three layers before it um, gets into its actual story.
1: Yeah. She sort yeah. of shattered the glass for me. So then I was irritated by that. And I was like, why are we bookending this with this, like, I just, I didn't like the way that it told the story. Um, it, it, I thought the story itself was fine, but I was kind of more interested in the original. Like, this is what happened back in the day with this toy maker and... I didn't, I I didn't love the flash forwards 50 years. It
0: was like what the Grand Budapest Hotel does with the stuff, the framing of the story within a story only without any kind of like narrative purpose or, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, there's a reason that that happens in that movie kind of to.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it it plays just like the typical, like, oh, the wife dies and he's sad and the kid.
0: But um, songs aren't bad.
1: The songs aren't bad.
0: And it's an all-black cast, which is nice. Uh, yeah, that
1: was refreshing.
0: It is very... um You know, it, it definitely looks like it was filmed entirely. We'll talk about this again in a little bit. Filmed on, like, a back lot or a stage. And, I, you know, I think there's some value to that. But it, that's, it feels like one of those, like, network special movies a little yeah. bit. Because it doesn't have a lot of, like, real outdoor settings or things like that. But it does have a, a Ricky Martin as a CGI uh, doll, so
1: yeah it did have that yeah
0: it's okay i it's you know for christmas viewing watching is you know it's uh it's fine it's okay it's, and the kids it's good for kids
1: it is good for kids yeah i just had one major problem with the plot
0: well than the being losing the parent being killed off earlier yeah it
1: was like so the daughter has this estranged relationship with the dad like she hasn't seen her dad or talked to her dad in like 20 years right and then she's like gets this letter from him saying hey come spend christmas with me and her brilliant idea is like you know what i'll do i'll send my kid who's also never fucking met him uh on her own to spend a few days with him by herself that's a great idea i think the
0: actress which is anika noni or uh you know she's in a lot of movies but she was like the voice of tiana in princess and the frog i just don't think she was available for the whole shoot and so they're just like well we'll try to write around this we'll have her in the beginning and the yeah, end it was stupid they got force whitaker for the whole movie it but, was weird uh, they got michael keegan michael keegan keegan michael key for he's actually pretty good in it he's got a couple of uh one pretty fun number and then he's good as kind of the villain so yeah
1: i love him so yeah I'll he's good, do but, anything so
0: that was okay it's, it was it's fine. fine yeah well we should talk about then we'll, we'll jump ahead i know you have a list but we also kind of watched dolly parton's christmas on the
1: square. um i watched more of it than i wanted to.
0: <laughs> we have to be careful because okay, no, dolly first, parton is beloved. Let me
1: upfront say i love dolly parton. Uh-huh, yeah. I think she's super talented. She's a badass. She's a very she's obviously very generous. giving generous yeah, person, she's great. very kind, very talented. Um I feel... I don't know what happened with this, but it was terrible. I
0: think a lot of people like it, though, too. That's the thing. If
1: you like this, then I I, I don't know what to say.
0: It's got Christine Baranski, someone I very much like from, like, The Good Fight and, and previously The Good Wife, and she's been on all sorts of stuff. It, we... Okay, so we <laughs> we turned it on because I was like, we gotta watch this.
1: <laughs> Out of curiosity.
0: And you were not having it.
1: I was like, give me that <laughs> damn remote, and we were gonna fast forward. Yeah. So we fast forwarded... M- I think we watched it in about 15 minutes. Yeah,
0: we got it all through, because we kind of just wanted to stop and see what, what the musical numbers were. And again, this is one of these movies where it was like, it's Christmas on the square, and the square is... I mean, maybe it's outside, again, on a back lot, but even this looked like it was just in, like, uh, on a set, inside.
1: In a warehouse.
0: Yeah, and the rest of it is all... I mean, so again, it, like, that's fine. I mean, it usually... And then- I know We're we only watched kind of thing, five but... minutes
1: of it, but Dolly Parton didn't look like she was there. It looked like she was in a CG screen. Oh, yeah.
0: She was, like, projecting in occasionally. Yeah. She might have been on the set, like, one day, maybe. Yeah, it
1: looked so <laughs> terrible. And Dolly's a good songwriter, but these songs, at least the few that we sampled, I will fairly say sampled, sucked. They we sucked.
0: We did sample several songs, and a lot of it was just, like... The thing where it's just like I'm walking to the door, the door, the door the, the door, the door. Yeah, it's not like uh, yeah, I don't know.
1: <laughs> She's a good lyricist, and this was half-assed. We
0: listen. We didn't watch the whole thing. True. Maybe it's delightful. Uh, no, it's not. Okay. Well, no. anyway, that was I related will to never watched similarly similar production uh, level. I would say.
1: Yeah, in I terms feel. Of... Yeah, yeah. No, no. I feel like they, no, but know. I mean,
0: like how it I was know. filmed original music they're very similar in no, that regard no
1: I would watch Jingle Jingle five more oh, times oh so would I don't watch...
0: get me wrong I was able to sit we didn't, I didn't have a problem with Jingle the Jingle the lighting
1: was weird in the Dolly Parton one it didn't look as good it looked they were like, like a live show you know how they do the live lots of
0: things some of Jingle Jingle looked like that too a little bit
1: uh, maybe a little bit okay I'll yeah, I, if
0: it was live, I and maybe and maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was intended to be like something that they were going to do live. I don't. We should have done some research because I could see this being like the yep, thing that they were meant to do it live, and it was yeah. going to be like because it is based on a stage show.
1: Oh, of hers. that makes sense. Yeah.
0: So, yeah,
1: that makes sense. Okay. Anyway, we watch. What else that. did we watch?
0: Uh, we want more Christmas movies.
1: The Princess Switch Two. Switched again. <laughs>
0: like a- um. This is the Vanessa Hudgens mega franchise on Netflix, where she plays uh, a small... Not a small. She's like in Chicago. She's a baker mm-hmm. in the first one. She goes to this... It's always... This is like a Hallmark-level movie, Christmas Meldoba
1: movies. or some weird It's always a name. fake
0: country. Yep. There's a princess there. Oh, it's also played by Vanessa Hudgens. What? And so they do a switch in that movie. Well, in this one, after a supposed happily ever after, where everybody's together with whatever... She's doing a switch again, because the the, the, the princess is... Not the princess. Yeah, the princess who's about to become the they're queen. They're all princesses. She's happy, but the other... Which one broke up? <laughs> which Hudgens was in the breakup? The one baker... One about
1: to become queen.
0: The one that was about to become queen broke up with the baker friend from yeah. from Chicago or wherever they're from. Right. Okay. So they broke up. It's basically a restart of all that, so they can just kind of replay the same beats, right? Um But then... What's glorious is that you get a third Hudgens. She's playing a villainous uh Hudgens, and she's got blonde hair. She's American? She's no, she's British. She's she does a British thing. And there's only one. There's one American, and then there's two. Not British. They're like from Moldova or whatever. And she's but she's an evil Hudgens because she's got blonde hair and she's superficial.
1: Uh, yeah, when I tried to explain to Marion that it was the same actress, she was like, wait, whoa, wait, wait, what?
0: Yeah, good good work, Vanessa Hudgens. You tricked our nine-year-old. And I was
1: just like, wait, well, how do they, what? Yeah. And then when they switched and pretend to be each other, but then she's like, but what, how do they do that? I was like, yeah. it's the same gal, Marion. It's the same person. And then
0: asked asked questions like, how do they film this? Because our kids are kind of like... Asking our son, especially our seven-year-old son, is really asking a lot of questions about, like, well, how do they film? Is this real? Or how do they film yeah, this? He's
1: really trying to define like fantasy, reality, real, fake,
0: and like how that. How, how they how film things on
1: film? Like how do they get it? In like the he's
0: TV? he's of the mind, and I, this is this is an non specific example. But if like someone throws up in a movie, he's just like, did they videotape that person when they were sick? Or it's like, no, no, they're acting. It's like, well, how do they throw up? And so then they ask these more questions yes. of like,
1: yes,
0: which has been kind of enjoyable because his questions are like adorable. But sometimes you're just like, wait, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, is this real? I'm like. What do you mean it's real? <laughs> you know, so then we have to He's go down that very line. confused. Yeah. Anyway, um, you know, uh, it's exactly what you think it is, Princess Switch 2. I'll just say that.
1: I mean, yeah. <laughs> But you, I think, got more excited about a cameo at the end than I definitely expected you to. Well,
0: I don't. I don't. I think these movies are better than those ones. But they've created a Netflix Christmas movie universe because those people from like Princess with the Twitch or the Christmas with the Prince or Christmas Princess at the or at whatever. the Maldives, whatever it's called, yeah. where there was like three of them when they had a marriage and then they had a baby and it's the blonde lady,
1: three men and a baby. Yeah,
0: and. uh <laughs> But it was a crossover; they were there, which means that these worlds are existing in the same place. It's like like a Marvel, a Marvel Cinematic Universe going on.
1: Yeah, you were very excited.
0: I was because I appreciate that they're like they think they have the Just the audacity of just like yeah, let's have it all be connected.
1: Yeah, and then Marion was watching and was like, "What is happening? Why are you why are you clapping in excitement?"
0: I. I want... I hope... I really hope in the years to come that, like, this goes even way deeper. We get another... First of all, like, Princess Switch 3 has to happen, where Hudgens gets a fourth character that's like a trailer park trash type of... Oh, for sure. So she can do just four. I mean, I'm really looking forward to that. And listen, I, it sounds like I'm making fun of it. I actually do think that she's pretty good in these movies, really. Like, she's the reason why they're watchable. She's watchable, watchable yeah. yeah. She's, she's pretty good in them.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, I want I want more of these to the point where someone on the internet is, like, showing me, like, the world with all these fake countries and how they've slot together, what countries we've kicked out of this world. I want to know all about this.
1: Okay. <laughs> more to come in future years.
0: Well, I hope so.
1: You hope so. Okay, in addition to Jingle Jingle and Princess Switch Two, we watched what? What would you like to talk about? I
0: don't know what's on your list. Christmas I
1: Chronicles Two. Oh, okay. So Speaking Christmas of- Chronicles
0: Two, another Netflix uh, Christmas movie. Uh, this was uh, this a couple years ago, maybe last year, just maybe one year ago.
1: Fun fact: I didn't watch Christmas Chronicles. Original.
0: Which is a better movie. I think the first one is definitely better. It's Kurt Russell. The draw here is that it's Kurt Russell as Santa Claus, and then Goldie Hawn, who's a cameo in the first one, kind of, you know, she's at the end of the movie like, oh, surprise, real-life couple. They're playing a couple in the movie, Hey,
1: What? She's... A real-life couple?
0: So she's more of a character in the second one. Uh, the kid from Hunt for the Wilder People has kind of, like, almost grown up and playing, like, uh, uh, what's the... A Burschnickle? What's the guy? What's the thing that Dwight Schrute is always like uh, talking about at Christmas?
1: I am sorry.
0: He's like a bad elf. He's the villain or whatever. He's going through this very. He's not a child anymore. He was in Deadpool 2. I don't know. He, We'll see how he... He's we'll in see a how slightly
1: it, awkward phase. We'll see how it goes. He defines his yeah. you know, character. I acting. like him
0: as an actor, but... um, Yeah, this was a bummer to me. I don't really feel like this was a very good movie.
1: What I really loved about this movie yeah. was the CG elves. I mean, I thought they were just on point. Yeah, so...
0: In the first movie, there is a scene or two with the elves, and it's bad, and they don't look good, and it's like, well, at least it's only, like, one or two scenes. Yeah. Someone decided, like, this is what everybody loved about this one. You know
1: what? They were like, hey, we already paid for the CG to design these. Maybe. Maybe. So now, for half price, we can insert them as much they're as we in the fucking whole, want. Oh, they're
0: in so much of the movie, and they, I just, I hate how they look. They don't look finished. It looks like an unfinished.
1: Our kids didn't like them. They're like, those uh, Those are creepy looking. So
0: out. that's my other question. I was like, okay, so what? Did the kids like those elves in the first movie enough to? But Not I feel like, kids. I feel like the production on this was already, like, they already doubled down on this. This is Chris Columbus, who made, uh, the first two Harry Potter movies, which we discussed about. He made Home Alone, Home mm-hmm. Alone 2, which we've also discussed on this podcast before. Um, yeah i don't know like I, I i'm not knocking him as a director maybe he just had less money to work with but uh, um i liked the first one okay it had more of a charm with kurt russell being santa Claus. i feel like he really doesn't have a whole lot to do in this one um short of a musical number that happens later uh with darling love which i mean i appreciate but um yeah it was it was kind of just like overstuffed and overblown and not very engaging and i was bummed. there
1: was time travel though tyler
0: yeah not enough it was I was bummed by this uh this entry and the Christmas Chronicles yeah Goldie Hawn had nothing to do really she's just there ah. it was fine I like how they wrote out the kid those two kids from the first movie they're a brother sister well that second one the older kid well he kind of aged out and they're just like well we got to figure out a way to keep him out of this adventure yeah. he so he appears at the beginning is like well see you later have a good adventure yeah
1: and at the end and then yeah yeah
0: Tyrese is in the thing randomly for like five minutes it's very weird Yep, he got beef with The Rock, and then he got sent to Christmas Chronicles.
1: You really said that a lot during the movie.
0: Mm-hmm. I told him he's he's got beef with The Rock. I think they squashed that beef recently. Because what's Ty? I mean, hey Tyrese, like why not the Brock? Like you're gonna lose that beef in the in in the in the mind of in the world of the public opinion, Tyrese. I'm sorry, you're gonna lose that beef for sure. You better just gotta let go, bro. For sure. All right.
1: Another one that you tried to get the kids that you thought the kids would be excited for, and then they just basically told you to fuck off, was Star Wars Holiday Special.
0: Oh, I was super bummed they didn't watch it. Although, I get it, because the first few minutes of it are very, like, not... It's all, like, it starts off as kind of like a sequel to The Rise of Skywalker, so there's all these characters they don't really know other than, like, BB-8, and they kind of know C-3PO and stuff like that. And it's just kind of, like, slow. Like, all well, these people are getting together for a thing. And our kids like Lego stuff, so I thought maybe they would, um, you know, enjoy it. But, no, nah, they didn't... They weren't into it.
1: Nope. So we turned it off on a Saturday morning and finished it another night. This of which Disney I Plus. think I mostly fell asleep for.
0: Yeah. You know, after about ten minutes, it gets surprisingly yeah, good. Yeah, there
1: were some good parts.
0: Once it, it starts folding... So, I mean, the the premise is, like, Ray. Uh, it's trying to do something for, they're, they're kind of riffing on the, the actual old, terrible, no one wants to talk about Christmas holiday special of Star Wars, and it's like Life Day with the Wookiees, right? So it kind of starts off as a gag on that a little bit, and there's a subplot of that a little bit. Um, but once Rey, like, and goes to try to get something time travel wise, she starts, like, folding all over time travel, her and BB-8, all over the universe, and so, all of these characters start kind of mixing together and bumping up, and, like, Darth Vader is talking with, uh, kylo ren and uh, all sort luke sky young luke skywalker is with ray not old you know so th- you get a little blink and you miss it appearances by other characters and stuff like that so once it started kind of having fun with the premise it was way more enjoyable so once you kind of i would say if you're a star wars fan if you just kind of stick with it for a few minutes it's it's fun it's fun enough no one really comes back voice wise though so
1: yeah that was a little distracting for me
0: well and you and that's fine with lego stuff but like disney plus is all about like we get the names we, we're the powerhouse we're we get yeah, all the money and then the it,
1: voice that was ray uh,
0: yeah she's bothering well, she's good, me i no. was
1: like Luck.
0: so yeah i mean considering what i mean disney plus just did all these announcements of all the stuff coming out and they're we have a marvel show it's called what if where we're bringing back our entire cast to do voice work and it's like that's great and then you see this and it's like oh no there's no actual voices Except for this one and <laughs> they didn't want to put any money to that but that's okay um, yeah, I didn't like, the kids didn't really, yeah, that wasn't their thing. Yeah. I don't know why.
1: The last Christmas adult movie that we watched was Happiest Season okay. with Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis.
0: Yeah. This is one that was on Hulu, um, was meant for theatrical release and then Pandemic. Um, I liked this quite a bit. It is a very standard, uh, Christmas movie uh meet the parents type of christmas movie meet
1: parents home for the holidays with
0: a one very specific change in that it's uh a, just a two females in the in the couple and the family has doesn't know that their daughter's out or and she's like not a out
1: conservative family and yeah. she doesn't reveal it to her girlfriend until they're all in the car right. on the way there she's like oh by the way i haven't come out to my conservative parents so
0: right and so this is clea Duvall as a director she's an pretty well-known actress and i think this is at least partly autobiographical maybe not a lot of the kind of christmasy elements of it but um yeah i aside from like maybe the sometimes it it's it's tough because i feel like part of the premise feels like it's something that maybe was more of a thing 10 years ago but then I, i say i don't know i don't know that that's probably not true there's a lot of conservatives in this country that Uh, Still have problems with this sort of thing. It's hard for me to wrap my brain about that because I just find it to be absurd um, that people have a problem with this. But uh, I'm wrong about that. That's fine. So I think it's still relevant. Um, Kristen Stewart, I feel like, has uh, continued to show that she's a really great actress. Um, This was probably one of my favorite roles she's ever had. Uh, Especially since if you... If you're kind of been introduced to Kristen Stewart as like through Twilight and how mopey quiet those performances are in those bad movies, it's easy to kind of like disregard her and Robert Pattinson for the, in the same regard. Like they've both been doing really good work and they're really kind of versatile actors and I like that. And she's never really played a part like this before and I just really enjoyed her in it. Um, I liked her. She's the girlfriend who's not, she's the one that's coming home and she has to pretend to be the roommate, right? Um, Dan Levy from Schitt's Creek is, uh, the friend <laughs> and it's funny because it's like, it's a, it's a queer story, but he's still like the gay best friend mm-hmm. part. Yes. Right. But he's very funny. If you like Schitt's Creek, obviously you know who he is and love him. Um, he's really funny in it. And I mean, I, the problem with that is that he's, he's almost too funny for a little while because you're yeah. just like, get the, get in the movie and yeah. eventually he gets in the movie more, which is good. But, um yeah it's almost just like oh bring him home like have him in this whole thing right um so i've there's been a lot of talk about the the movie in terms of and this was kind of what you and i were struggling with a little bit in the movie when we we're watching it is that the Mackenzie davis part she's kind of horrible to <laughs> Kristen stewart like she really just behaves very poorly and you just don't like her and then aubrey plaza shows up as like the secondary character who has a history with her, and she yeah, starts. Who is
1: Mackenzie Davis's ex? Who she
0: secret ex, essentially, who, right? Who
1: she burned in right. in high school, and now she, Aubrey Plaza has grown up to be like a, a doctor, super successful
0: doctor. And... <laughs>
1: like, uh, she's the winner here.
0: And then, like, what's weird about the movie is this: like, her and Kristen Stewart, like, pop man, they've got like a spark of chemistry. You, their scenes are just so much more. Like, because there's even, like, these early scenes with uh, Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis, and just, like, they're not as, there's not as much spark as there is when Aubrey yeah. Plaza shows up. I really love Aubrey Plaza, and I think she's really become quite an impressive actor outside of even how hilarious she was on Parks and Rec. But yes. um, that's kind of a problem, though, because you're just, like, you you bring in a new person like that, and it's, like... And it, I think the movie's intentionally doing it a little bit, but it's just like, well, screw that other lady, like this is, she's, this lady's great. <laughs>
1: yeah, you're, I think one of your big hangups is the movie, it, it started and it picked up and it, it wanted you to trust that this couple had a really good relationship right. based on a couple small scenes, like the fact that, um, Kristen Stewart's character was prepared to propose to her. So you kind of have to just, take it on assumption that they have a really good relationship, that they're, that, yeah. they're really in love, blah, and blah, I, blah, blah.
0: I guess I buy it. I just wish that there was maybe a little bit more in the beginning. I know that there's, that's a sacrificing like length and your movie's going to get longer and all of a sudden you're not the movie that you think it is, but I just felt like I needed more of like a safety net in terms of like knowing that that relationship is strong because the way she behaves... and I, I think the movie is very aware of what it's doing. Be- very. Because and it, it you know this is kind of getting into like the meat of the movie but when dan levy shows up he kind of like pretty much describes what's going on and it is incredible it's he's really great in the part like in this particular scene and he kind of just lays it out and he lays out some of the it's like he's almost talking to the audience he's like well yeah no i i get what you're what you're thinking here you don't like this character but like here's what's really going on and like you're it's not about you it's about this fucked up relationships she has with her parents. Is, you know, anyway.
1: I think it really made an important point that coming out to your parents is different for every single person. Yeah. And you can't assume or expect anything and that everybody's on their own journey and path and you may want to sit there in judgment, but you can't.
0: Yeah, and I think that it makes an attempt to kind of fix that, but at the same time, I'm also just like, Kristen mm, Stewart, you're better. You deserve better.
1: <laughs> and I thought it was going to make a turn because she makes one comment like well, I want someone who is ready to yes. come out. Yes,
0: and I like that they don't like, just let her off the hook.
1: Okay, like, let's go with that. I could have
0: used more there, too, just to kind of let explore that a little bit more and not have it become kind of the... But then at the other end of it, I understand what this movie is trying to do, which is to just be one of these romantic comedies that just is about two women and, like, have it be that and have it be the, that experience, right? Yep. And so it's doing a lot of tricky things, and I really appreciate kind of the... While it is using an outline, and I don't love some of, like, the secondary characters, like the other Al- – a- Alison Brie, an actress I love from Community, she's got kind of a shitty part. Like, it's the, too much. Yeah, and the parents are just kind of okay, and which are actors I like, Mary Steenburgen and Victor Garber. Um, but, again, it's trying to do this thing where it's trying to purposely be kind of that conventional arc, yeah. but then also kind of put something else into it, which is –
1: I feel it's like tricky. By, it's trickier by, than I think. <laughs> by having her parents be like her dad's running for, he's on city council and he's going to be running for mayor. I feel like that was too much. I feel like yeah. you're making too big of a character there. Just like, can he just be like a regular dad?
0: Yeah. And I think it's commenting on something that is very, I think it's tough because I, we still see this where especially moderate or conservative, um, politicians still are just like, oh, yeah, we have a... And they, they kind of comment on this. So it's just like, well, yeah, you can have a, a gay daughter, but as long as you're just like, oh, we're so... You know, that's her choice, and then she's just kind of off to the side. yeah. And then you kind of disre... And, and I think that that really does happen. And so I think this is an attempt here to kind of, like, it's show too much. why that happens. That's
1: too much. It's too much. You're doing too much here in this movie. Well,
0: it just... It, it makes you struggle with, like... The, it's a likability issue with some of these characters, right?
1: And... Real, you know, reality a little bit. Well, and, and he's like,
0: like running for like mayor of a small town. It's like it's, not a thing. It was a little
1: bit obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, that, that stuff. I would have liked if it was just a little more grounded and a little more relatable. Because most of us don't have parents who are running for political office.
0: What I like is that there is this Christmas movie that is like, in a lot of ways, a very standard Christmas movie that is stirred up so much debate and conversation about the topic and it's widely available on who Has it
1: stirred up debate yeah a lot like, it's just, like what are the people debating
0: i think there's a lot of discussion about what we just talked about like we don't like mackenzie davis's character we like aubrey plaza and then we have and then i think it it inspires a conversation of like well wait why do i feel that way is it just the convention of the story or do i have like this misconceived idea of well, what that behavior should be because i'm not living it And I think the movie is kind of smart about putting it at you and Mm -hmm. sparking a conversation. That's Mm -hmm. all I, which I appreciate.
1: Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Okay.
0: Anyway, I would recommend it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So that's watchable on Hulu.
0: Yeah. That was
1: happiest season. Yeah.
0: Not for, not a kid movie, really. Not like bad, but you know, not like targeted to children. Yeah. Anyway. So no, no jolly singing.
1: No. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jingle, Jingle, Princess mm-hmm. Switch 2, mm-hmm. Star Wars Holiday Special, yeah. Dolly's Parton. Dolly's pfft, Parton. It's on the square. It's
0: Dolly's Parton's on the square.
1: I know. I wrote Dolly's Parton. I don't know why I wrote that. Okay. <laughs> Christmas Chronicles 2 and Happiest Season. Okay, great. Those are the Christmassy things we've done.
0: Yeah. Cool.
1: So, now we're going to travel back in time.
0: Way, Way back. Way
1: back in time.
0: Yeah. We did... This was, you know... I think a lot of this knowledge was known to us a little bit... But it was kind of interesting to go back and uh, you know learn a little bit about the story and and the music you know when the production began and kind of the history of how this uh, came to be.
1: I didn't know shit about Rudolph.
0: You didn't? Okay. No.
1: Here's what I knew: there mm-hmm. was a song, and then there was this movie. Well, turns the out end, there was that's a all I knew. there was
0: a Montgomery Ward story, and then there was a song. Yeah. And then there was a little golden book, and then there was a special. Yep so there you go
1: that was way back when
0: it was way back when
1: way 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 back when yeah okay so Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer High Stats it came out um TV movie Mm
0: -hmm. not
1: you know theatrical movie TV movie on December 6th 1964 it's like
0: 42 minutes long
1: It is 47 minutes long. Oh, 47. That's why you leave the high stats to the person reading the high stats. Well,
0: 42 is kind of the standard for now, but see, back then there was fewer commercials in your hour slot, to the point where the networks, sometime when they used to run this occasionally when I was growing up, they cut shit out and it would piss me the fuck
1: off. Okay, so fun fact. I didn't actually, like, realize this until I started dating you, Tyler, that, Mm -hmm. like, um, there's pretty standard time for 30 minute and hour long shows.
0: Yeah, uh, like a half hour used to be like I mean up until recent it was about 22, but even that has been shaved off especially if you look at like cable. The one I notice is like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Like those episodes will clock in at like twenty twenty one sometimes now, and that would be miserable to watch. I mean, we just watch it on Hulu or whatever. I we know, never we a, never watch to it on TV. Watch
1: nine or ten minutes of commercial. It's
0: a lot, right? It
1: is a fucking lot.
0: Yeah. So and then like a, a, a an hour long show was like forty two minutes long now. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe forty one depending on you know, the network. So yeah. So it was longer back then, and you know back in the I mean they had different ways of doing commercials back then. Sometimes you'd have people sponsor. The whole show and that still happens like when they do air it is like a pre- special presentation by and then they'll have like limited commercials i think they've in recent years decided to let the full special run without trimming shit out
1: i would hope so
0: yeah
1: um what other high stats would you like to know it was written what was... i mean the original story was written by robert may yeah you can talk about that okay. and then the screenplay was written by romeo moeller directed by larry romer Mm-hmm. stars billy Mae richards who does the voice of rudolph okay that's a female
0: okay sure right, checks out yep
1: um, um go ahead burl ives is sam the snowman
0: okay yeah that's the, the
1: and then a bunch of old people whose names i don't know so
0: i mean what you know the the general gist of this is like the original story came out in like 1939 and it was like given out for free at montgomery ward uh during like santa greetings right and then there was a theatrical cartoon short in 1948 um uh there was a song in 19 there was sequel books in i guess 48 49 is when johnny Marks wrote the song and then there was comics there was a little golden children's book in 1958 and then came this special after that so and and i think you went and read the the original story which kind of keeps the gist of what's in the song, but most of the stuff that's in the cartoon special is not present in those things.
1: It's not present at all. It's very rimey. It's a very like rimey story. Um, I think the most noticeable thing other than like none of the stuff that's in the, the specials in the book, like the misfit toys, uh, the Hermie, all of that. It's really about
0: Cornelius. Yeah.
1: None of that is in it. And the strange thing about the story, um, was that Rudolph... Okay, so this is a weird world back in 1939 Mm -hmm. um, where this Santa Mm
0: -hmm. um,
1: would look into the house outside the window to see if it was like a boy or girl and then decide then if if it's a boy toy or a girl toy, uh, but it was a stormy night and it's, uh, it's a dark night and, and you couldn't see in the windows, So how was he going to do it? And then Rudolph with the bright nose was found be sleeping in his house. So Rudolph's yeah, just house. sleeping in his house, la-da-da with his parents. <laughs> nice. And then Santa's like, Hey, I could use you. Apparently flashlights weren't invented yet.
0: Mm. So
1: what in the story, what Rudolph would do is he would circle around the house lighting up the windows so the Santa could look into the house.
0: That's creepy. <laughs> it's fucking very creepy.
1: <laughs> and so it even says, like, hey, if you see some, like, weird lights outside your house on Christmas, <laughs> it could be Rudolph. And it did say, like, Rudolph doesn't always come with him. It's yeah. only when it's, like, a, a, an especially dark night.
0: Yeah, I mean, I... As I, weird! I, I, uh, to me, I, from my understanding of, of Santa Claus and how this works, is that he goes some places, doesn't go other places.
1: I mean, I... Th- i think santa um must have better technology since 1939 to know who the children are and to know what they want i mean it was very i mean and again you know stories of santa are are different
0: well yeah and this is again we're adapting we are uh this is an adaptation of the of the what we've of you know lore so you know that's how it works um okay so
1: so that's interesting i thought
0: yeah yeah um what do you, what's, what's, you know, usually we do with a little segment called What Do You Remember? I didn't write anything down specifically for a What You Remember segment, um, because this was a formidable, uh, thing that I saw, like, like from age probably three, uh, and then every subsequent year, so, I mean.
1: Yeah, if I had to. What do I remember? I remember. How many times we've seen it? I remember probably everything. 40 or 50? Easily. Because there are some Christmases you'd watch it more than once
0: yes so i'm curious i mean i i have i can share my history with that. i'm curious if you remember much of your history of seeing it when you saw it if it was something that you watched a lot as a kid or with your family
1: i just remember watching it that's it
0: like on tv yeah
1: probably now i'm trying to think like did i have a vhs i don't think so i think we just watched it on yeah TV. well and maybe at school
0: maybe yeah that's like possible. during christmas
1: parties and stuff that's like a school safe thing they would show
0: So this is, you know, I think a lot of people lump this in with, like, the Rankin Bat, like, Santa Claus is coming to town. Uh, Frosty Snowman is not Rankin Bass, but it gets, you know, put in the DVD pack like we have. Those are together, right? Um, And it's stop-motion animation. It's clay. It's very... uh, I I think works in its favor, honestly. I think um, the rudimentariness of it... I don't think that's a word. uh, Kind of feels retro and fun and our kids can watch it without feeling weird about it or feeling like it's old. Um, they know it's old but it doesn't have that effect. You know, I've shown them Wallace and Gromit. They like that. Yeah. You know, so I, it, it works in a, in a way that, you know, sometimes older, like, you know, hand-drawn animation, you know, kids these days, it, it pains me to say this, including our kids will make comments about how it doesn't look as good as the CGI and it hurts me when they say that. But um, it happens. They're allowed
1: their own little opinions. Well,
0: we've trained them that way. They and... can be
1: wrong, but they're allowed their own opinions.
0: You know. That being said, I feel like you know they. I mean, our our daughter really likes uh, Princess and the Frog as much as she likes Moana. Maybe not as much as Moana, but you know, she she can appreciate it. But um, yeah, I think that 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 holds up now. For me, this was my this was my Christmas thing. I it's don't know when it started, but it was like very young, uh, you know, three, four or five is when I shortly watched it. It was, um, we were very aware. I, I, every year would ask my mom, like, when it, when are they going to turn, when are they going to air Rudolph? Like what day, what day is it going to be on? Like, let's make sure we get like a TV guide. Let's make sure that we're watching the commercials that tell us when it's going to be on. We don't want to miss this. Right. <laughs> that uh, sounds like you. To the point where at one point, one year, we finally, we had the technology to use our VCR.
1: VCR! To
0: use a video cassette to record things off the television. Mm-hmm. And we recorded Rudolph off the television. And let me tell you, this thing got watched so much over the course of maybe a couple of years that the tape just would not work anymore.
1: I believe that as well. So
0: <laughs> we went back to watching it on television Because the tape wouldn't work anymore. Oh, my God. Uh,
1: (laughs) That's pretty funny.
0: Yeah. So uh, this was very important to me. And it was frustrating because sometimes it was on a little bit earlier than you'd think. Like, I think it was it was on CBS, and I think it's changed networks over the years, but... it's
1: on, but it's it's CBS CBS the whole time.
0: Sometimes it felt like it was on, like, November 27th, and it was just like, whoa, 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 whoa! we just had Thanksgiving, like, what day are you airing it? You know, like, it was, you almost miss it, right? And it was a problem. And I remember some years where it seemed like things were cut out of it, and it bothered me. Mm -hmm. They always cut off the end when, like, the credits, when Santa's dropping the toys uh the misfit toys with the the you can't umbrellas. Put that out. Yeah, they would just <laughs> speed it up and see you later.
1: Boo. Um
0: and then eventually I never had a VHS copy. I'm not sure. I'm sure they put one out, maybe. Maybe we had one after no 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 no. Now I remember. I remember the cover of this VHS. I had this. So whenever they finally made it available on VHS, we got that and I probably wore that thing down. And I mean this continued uh, well past the point of like, like a kid liking the Rudolph thing. I would even when I was like in middle school and high school, I was like, "We gotta watch Rudolph. We gotta watch <laughs> Rudolph every year."
1: It didn't end in high school, did it, Tyler? No,
0: it doesn't. It didn't, and it it never stopped. Even when before we had children, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we it eventually got the DVD, which is the same DVD that I had, I have now, pretty mm-hmm. much. It's got a... So this came out years later. It has a... I always have... It's a tradition to not only watch the movie, but once the movie is over, to turn on the bonus features and watch the Destiny's Child video of the Destiny's Child version of <laughs> Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer.
1: And I feel like every year I purge that from my memory. Uh-huh. So every year I'm like, what is this?
0: And everybody asks, and then Marion, our oldest, was like, What what are you turning on? And then it starts playing I was like, oh yeah, you've played this before. Yeah.
1: I was like, <laughs> I don't remember it. And she's like, Oh yeah.
0: And I've it's like Little this. Claymation, uh Beyonce, Kelly Williams <gasps> or Kelly Rowland and Michelle Williams. So like the secondary version of Destiny's Child. Um, you usually make a comment about how Beyoncé abandoned ruined. Kelly Rowland and Michelle Williams, even though they've uh, been on the Super Bowl together, and you just need to she let that ruined. go. She ruined. I mean, she ruined Destiny's she's, Child. She's now an icon on her own. Oh like, can't yeah, we just let yeah? her be. Say
1: my name. Say my name. Hmm?
0: I mean, you're right. Those songs are classic, and maybe they're better than anything that she's not ever written maybe. afterwards. They
1: definitely fucking are.
0: Know, have you heard uh, uh, "Drunken Love"?
1: It's <laughs> not as catchy.
0: You heard that uh, whole album of Lemonade? Come on!
1: Hey, everybody in the club is jumping, jumping.
0: Did you watch that Survivor? What about that concert that she did with on Netflix of like the marching band? Oh man, you gotta leave Beyonce alone. She's talented,
1: but she fucked over her. They came
0: on. I think they came on stage for that Netflix thing too. You're so she's let it go. Kelly's let it go. Michelle's let it go. You need to let it go. You can't make me. They're very rich. They made lots of money. Kelly Rowland and Michelle Williams are doing just fine
1: doesn't have destiny's child new songs in it does it no it does not and who's to blame for that fucking beyonce so i can hold as much bitterness as i want to all right anyway so that's at the end of rudolph
0: it's on the bonus on features. the bonus features yeah. so anyway that's uh my history with rudolph it never it just beca- it became a thing where even as a a, a young adult an adult it wouldn't be christmas without watching rudolph the red-nosed reindeer
1: i never loved rudolph the red-nosed reindeer here we go (laughs) (laughs) like like i'll watch it and it's fine but even even now i don't like i don't love it i don't love it i don't know what it is but it makes sense to me that that you would love it and i would maybe not love it so much
0: i don't understand you Why? (laughs) Why don't you love it?
1: (laughs) Several reasons. Okay,
0: great. Let's hear it. Get it all off your chest.
1: I don't know for one. But if I if I sit and think about it
0: I know I know what you're gonna
1: say. And I think that it's purposefully No, here's what I'm gonna say. Uh Rudolph is annoying. Hermey's fucking annoying. Oh, disagree. Oh, I'm so whiny. Nothing's working out for me. Oh, oh, oh. a Fucking Hermie can fuck off. I fucking hate that elf. He's fucking obnoxious.
0: He's the most helpful person <sighs> at the North Pole. <clears throat> he, all he wants to do is help people with their dental work. You know how many candy canes and sugary treats that those people are eating shit, up there? don't give a shit. go do they it. They finally Why need a dentist. are you being a
1: whiny little bitch about because it? Because they won't let him.
0: Because they oh, won't no. let him.
1: It's his voice. It's probably just the voice work. It's irritating. He was. And you know, you was know being what else? He You know what else? As a young, formidable young woman, uh-huh. it's just boys, 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 boys. Yeah, we can boys.
0: talk about that. It is very much boys. And I think it's making a point of that.
1: 1964. 1972 is when I think this, got
0: me. I think this. Okay. Ugh. Listen. Ugh. I'm going to. All of your comments are wrong. <laughs> oh,
1: fuck you. No, they're not. It's 1972. There's no, no reason.
0: 72, 64.
1: No, when the special came out.
0: 64.
1: Oh, 64. Okay.
0: Listen, I think that this movie is very progressive for its time.
1: I... It, w- pray tell. It's
0: it either. is. Pray tell. It is about prejudice, and it is about being rejected based on your choice of occupation, your appearance, how you are, and they have to learn these things.
1: It and- is. It's like that. Po- that poor... Privileged fucking little deer. Oh,
0: how is the deer privileged?
1: Uh, his dad is like fucking one of the fucking Santa deers. He's what rejected about, outright. What about the hundreds of other deers that are out?
0: Are you playing a character? You sound like you're on. Are you a proud boy? What's going oh, on? No,
1: <laughs> anti. <laughs>
0: What is wrong with you?
1: Rudolph. He's
0: not privileged.
1: <laughs> Rudolph is fucking privileged. His
0: dad immediately puts him in the closet with his putting a cap on his nose and hides him from the fact. I know. I that don't is, care where he's from. Shooting. That is super shitty. I don't care where if he's a, a deer of privilege. He is immediately prejudiced and put in the closet by his dickish dad. Yes,
1: that part sucks.
0: Yeah. So how don't know how a life of privilege. He's never... Okay, he was the marginalized problem. the entire time. Here's
1: the time. problem. As a young girl watching this, I couldn't... I know it's deer and stuff, but it's just like, I don't know. It's just like.
0: And I think you're actually wrong about this, too, because I think the movie in set in 1964 is actually making a point about uh, disenfranchising and ignoring women. And it's making those points on purpose
1: by making the whole story about the boys. So but we'll say it's an okay story. It's the
0: story of Rudolph, the Red Nosed Ranger. I mean, that's it's going to be about Rudolph,
1: which is fine. But yeah. I didn't have to like it, did I? You didn't have to. You don't to like have to it. force me to like that movie.
0: No, but your reasons for liking or d- disliking it are wrong because
1: <laughs> I just—I'm just telling you that it, the experience for me is a little bit obnoxious. But once I get into the movie, I—I I always will watch it to the end and kind of enjoy it. But there's a part of me that's just sort of irritated the whole time.
0: I think that you're supposed to feel irritated because there's rampant prejudice going on in this story, and it is very emblematic of America. When it was made
1: I don't know Sometimes and I it, want it, it, the abominable snowman To eat Hermie and Rudolph Sometimes I think that would be A more interesting tale
0: <laughs> And he almost does So you almost get your wish Don't you It almost until
1: he, Until he gets all his teeth removed
0: Yeah Well he's trying to eat them What are you supposed to do well,
1: He should fucking eat them all I hope he does I hope there's like a in In the real Rudolph world they're all sleeping, and he just goes in there, smashes the shit out of him, and chomps him up. No,
0: can't chop him up because he can't.
1: He's got a fucking giant fist. You, Cornelius, chomp, chomp. performed
0: him. Uh, you're you're very uh, angry about this.
1: <laughs> I'm not. I'm I'm not. Uh,
0: I, I I will roll back on on the because we'll get into all the ter- terrible agree. prejudice. Let's people. just
1: agree. Hermie is annoying.
0: He's fine. He's fine. I don't His miss name's fine annoying. Him. Hermy,
1: Hermy, I'm Hermy
0: for an elf. That's a perfect name,
1: Hermy the elf.
0: Oh, is he going to be named John or Phil? No, it's going to be the elf. You like it's? It's an elf. <laughs> that's, uh, a, that's an elf name.
1: I guess it's fine. It's kind of annoying. <laughs> In the sound that Rudolph's nose makes, what's up with that? <laughs> And I can't even do the sound. So,
0: your argument against this is just now just turned into a Seinfeld routine. What's think, the deal with this noise? What's the
1: deal with this nose? <laughs> I just think that, like, from a sensory perspective, Hermes' voice and Rudolph's nose are fucking obnoxious. I
0: mean, that's fine. It's
1: set. Yeah,
0: okay. No. Here's the thing. I like a lot of what's going on here because I think the, the people who made this knew they were kind of, like, telling a story that needs to be told that is still relevant today and why it endures is that people still haven't learned these lessons.
1: No, and they never will. <laughs>
0: well, maybe. I think some people eventually do learn some the lesson. Some people
1: have learned them, but... Mm. And even
0: in a time when it, it is a story about men and boys and deer and boy elves <laughs> <laughs> that... It, it still makes time to make a comment about how shitty that is because I think there's an expectation. It's like, yeah, this is a story about Rudolph, the boy reindeer, and Santa Claus, the manliest man at the North Pole, right? And Donner, and Do- Donner's his dad, right? um He's a dick, right?
1: Total douchebag. I mean,
0: and he 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 shoves his wife. I mean, we don't even have a, does his wife even have a name in this thing. I don't know, but. They make a point of no, showing...
1: her name is Mrs. Donner.
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, but here's the thing. Like, he, he, his actions are never shown to be right. Donner is wrong this entire time. When he tells them, that, oh, this is man's work, you can't go. Well, he goes, and they, they go anyway, and they... I mean, they, like, they, they don't listen to him, right? And they actually are helpful. And um, the girl, dear... Clarice. Clarice i really appreciate her role in this um she's very forward thinking she uh is bold enough on the very first day when she meets rudolph to be like i'm gonna tell him that i like you i think you're cute she's very bold i like that she's forward that's she's true. great
1: you would like that I that do. would set the foundation Rudolph, for our entire relationship
0: Rudolph's just been uh, teased by the other other reindeer after his nose falls off during the reindeer games even though he's an excellent flyer no one else can maybe fly like him I learned him.
1: from Clarice to ask boys out
0: maybe maybe you did here's the thing I also like same thing with Clarice Rudolph's about to go into a bitchy little fucking I wish song about, like I wish, I wish that I could just be accepted, blah, blah, blah. Clarice shuts that shit down immediately with a very pretty song that says there's always tomorrow for dreams to come true and says, shut the fuck up, you're fine. I like you. Look in front of your face like someone likes you. You can fly better than everybody else. Like, you don't give up right now. There's more ahead of you. She's the one who gives him that message. Now, does he listen to it right then? No. But That he's on the journey right Mm -hmm. i like that character and i think that yes it's a movie it's a story that does marginalize women because it's 1964 but they're not they're not bad characters and i think glary's actually has a role to like serve this in a way that's interesting okay um this is also a pretty radical story in that beloved santa claus
1: is also a douchebag he's
0: a massive dickhead Mm -hmm. he's wrong at Every turn in this storyline, yeah. he shows up and uh, Rudolph has just been born. He's looking at the, d- the deer. He only cares about whether that deer will eventually be able to lead his uh, sleigh. Uh, decides to go into a fucking song about himself.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Where he's like, I'm great. Look at me. woo woo
1: Yeah. <laughs> right? He's kind of gangster.
0: Yeah. He's he's like that way. He's an asshole to Mrs. Claus. Mrs. Claus is the only reason, by the way, another female character, the only reason that Santa Claus is as beloved as we all think. She's the one who's nice to the elves. She's the one that's encouraging about their songs. She's the one that's making sure he's going to be fat enough to fit in that suit so he actually looks like Santa Claus. She's the only one that's making this thing work, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He goes to the elf practice. Mrs. Claus is very supportive of the choir song, right? hermy didn't show up and they had were down there so, it sounded fine honestly yeah, i don't know what the problem fine. santa claus is ignoring it he thinks he's got to go look at the deer of which he's never going to pick any of them because it's always the same fucking eight up there right like what are we even having this conversation for unless they're just going to change names which so is it's always it's a, theory a very low had.
1: employment rate at the north pole uh, or maybe
0: they maybe they they ease into the name or they change names when they become the the you know oh, okay you're donner now or whatever maybe that's something that happens i don't know the structure i would love to explore that in another feature um but he's a dick about you know he doesn't always oh, he wants to go look at the deer ignores their songs like oh it needs work he wasn't listening dick move right um he feels bad they say
1: he never says it though
0: he never says it they have a scene where like lives the snowman is telling us that like oh well he you know yeah let him know nine. that he was sorry or whatever bullshit and then when push comes to shove there's a little bit of a fucking snowstorm, and he's just like, Christmas is canceled. Yeah, he's like, I'm not fuck doing that. that, I'm going
1: back to bed, bitches. Not,
0: this is the thing, like, not delay it. Like, you've done all the work. Okay, so maybe it, it snowed on Christmas Eve. That's bummer. All the newspapers are saying that Christmas is canceled. You know what you do? You wait a day, and you show up the next day, and everybody's real happy again. Yeah. Just, why cancel it? You don't have to cancel it. Postpone. Yeah. This is what you do. You postpone. When COVID shuts down the whole world, do we cancel Broadway? No, we postpone Broadway. Yes, we, we delay. postpone. We're saying we're going to go back to it. It's okay. Exactly. Not, your first thing is not to just cancel, right? Um, he's a dick. And then at the end... He's, like, complaining about, you know, oh, I'm so sad. Like, but he doesn't really care. He's like, oh, I'm so sad. I don't have to work tonight. oh And Uh. then what's the next thing he says? Rudolph is flashing his nose. He's like, God, Rudolph, Jesus, will you fucking put your nose of yours? He's already back to dismissing him. Yeah, he's super
1: rude about it. He's like, Jesus Christ, your fucking nose, Rudolph. But then he's
0: like, oh, wait a minute. I can use you to my advantage. I'm going to use... He doesn't actually care. He only cares about the function he creates.
1: Which... I think is a bad way to end this story. I feel like it's it's almost getting to like it's a movie about and there's a lesson to be learned. He asks him. But the lesson he is asks him. the lesson I feel like this story is telling is if you are less than, you're different, you are ostracized by society, the way to get into society is to be useful. And only then do you have value to well, any of us.
0: Push I back on that a little bit because they do accept him and have him back in the workshop and they're participating in Christmas and working together and that happens before that they reveal that there's going to be a snowstorm and they think they're going to use Rudolph. It just happens to be an issue with circumstance. I feel like everybody else is being accepted of him, but Santa Claus is just kind of a dick at the center.
1: He's a huge
0: dick. And I think that that's a radical idea for a special. <laughs>
1: It about is. a beloved figure. So, how is it that so many children love this this well, movie?
0: Well I, well, I just told you because it's a story of adversity, and I'll tell you this too. Oh,
1: I just told you. You're such a dick to me, <laughs> fucking Cause you came, Donner.
0: because you came in real hot, not liking this.
1: Oh, I'm I sorry. I have an opinion. Does that bother <laughs> <Yes>. you, Santa? <laughs> What? Oh, my God. Let's do a you little- You remind
0: me of a Cecily Strong SNL character. <laughs> Thank
1: you. I am, I'm doing a character. It's for you. It's for the listeners. I. It's a good time for Tea and Time Tyler. And I mean that in comment,
0: I like Cecily Strong. I know.
1: She's the best. A mm-hmm. um, little time for Tea Time with Tyler. Okay. This is a time where I randomly come up with something to ask you. Okay. While I'm refilling my tea. So, Tyler- can you explain to me
0: why you hate women no
1: <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with the king of the misfit toys and go
0: what the fuck is wrong with him um I don't know he's super weird like what is he a lion that flies or is he a toy that is a toy lion that's bigger than the other ones? I'm not sure how did he become king because he's king of the jungle and he has a castle I'm not sure, but my central problem is that like do we know he's a toy or is he like a magical figure? what's his deal there? why is he kind of like super accepting of certain things but then he's just like you can't stay
1: here (laughs) and yes thank you good job I give you Four out of five stars. Let's talk about how he's in this toasty, warm castle. And then he's like, hey, fuck all y'all. You you go sleep in the snow. Oh, he's
0: got a shit... He's, he's running something here.
1: Fuck all y'all. You all sleep in the snow. And you people who are visiting, I guess you can stay here for one night.
0: <laughs> it's one night. They get this day, one then, night. And then
1: he's like, he's like fuck, good thing Rudolph showed up. Hey, talk to Sienna, because I, I haven't done shit about this. I'm supposed to be their king, blah, blah, blah. But then,
0: it's gonna backfire him, because they're the one running his kingdom. Yeah. Like, they're do- I, running I mean, court and stuff I mean, like that. Like, how, who's gonna get you your fucking food now, king?
1: Who was smoking what when they were writing this part <laughs> I of like it, it. the show?
0: I like it. Um, this is a good entry into what uh, another topic I want to talk about, which is the badassery of Yukon Cornelius, because Yukon Cornelius calls him out on the spot about that very thing. He, like, they go <laughs> (laughs) and see and they're like can we stay here we're misfits and then like he says no and yukon's like what's this shit like even among misfits you're misfits this is bullshit which i really appreciate yukon cornelius and the whole thing and listen i
1: think yukon cornelius is is the real star
0: he's a he's the the he's the comedic star he's funny he's looking at silver he's looking at gold he can't decide what he wants he's got a weird relationship with these dogs he's kind of abusive to them but he also loves them uh all that's great Here's the thing what I really love about it, and I think it fits into my essential thesis on this show and why it's good. Uh, he's the he's the reason why Rudolph and Hermie grow, because they meet this guy, this super fucking weird guy. He's a weirdo. He's hanging out. He's the,
1: flying his freak flag.
0: Oh, yeah. He's flying his freak flag. And he's being mm-hmm. himself. And he do not give a shit about mm-hmm. anybody else telling him how he should be or what he should do. He changes his mind in the fucking moment. I'm going after gold. Ah, fuck it. I'm after silver. Like, he's all about
1: he's being he's himself. He's easy breezy. Yeah.
0: He's easy breezy. He's a beautiful cover girl. Yes, he is. He's easy peasy lemon squeezy. Yes, He's he is. easy is all what I'm talking about. <laughs> he's super accepting of these people, uh, of, of Rudolph and Hermie. Doesn't even, like, he, like he's a by all accounts, is just a, a man. Mm-hmm. Is not maybe even aware of all what this magical shit's going on, but he kind of just rolls to the punches. It's like, oh, shit, there's a fucking deer here with a red nose and this little guy with pointy ears. Like, oh, shit, he okay. He does not
1: have pointy ears.
0: He does not have pointy ears, that's right. But
1: he has regular... Regular ears. Which is
0: what's going on there? Is that an elf situation? Is he like a Will Ferrell type? Yes, is he? A, was he taken yes. from a orphan? He's a
1: child, which yeah. is why he doesn't feel like he fits in with the elves.
0: This is just a brief aside, but I, uh, our kids really like the movie Elf, right? With Will Ferrell. But our oldest has a she struggles with the beginning. It's like it's just so sad that baby. <laughs> I was like, well, well he's, she yeah. doesn't know what an orphanage is, and she's like, no, no, it's good that the baby goes to Santa, because now he has a really good life, because he I mean, got a and family. Then but then
1: she's like, but why was the baby somewhere without parents?
0: Yeah, then it just opens up this can of worms that she well, cannot handle.
1: Yeah.
0: So she struggles with, like, she just... And to the point where I think the last time he watched it, she just waited until it was that the that time. She leaves the room.
1: That's her thing.
0: She leaves the room for lots of things. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'll be back when this is not distressing to my emotional center. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I think that Rudolph and Hermie don't grow without meeting someone who's just okay with being themselves. And the lesson that Rudolph learns is not about acceptance or anything other than just like, I'm, I am have to be myself. And I. this is my family's here. And... I live here, and there's relationships here, and it's shitty, and no one likes me, but it's like, this is where I am, and this is who I am still, and I'm going to face that. It's very brave what he does, actually. Mm-hmm. He decides to go back, and yeah, I think he makes a dumb decision when he says, like, I don't want to hurt Yukon and Hermie, and tries to go off alone. That's a problem. I, mean, I think he's he's he's, he's very... Immature. He's immature, but he's trying to be empathetic toward them. He doesn't want to risk their lives, but he learns over the course that he can't run away from his problems, and he can't run away from himself. And I really like that message because yes, other people should be better, but that doesn't mean that you can't be you and you can't grow. And I think that that stems from Clarice and it stems from that relationship and telling them that you can do this later and it stems from meeting Yukon who's a fucking weirdo.
1: Yukon, you can. Oh, I see what they did there.
0: So I like this. Here's another thing that I'll say. Um I think you asked like why you kind of understand why i like it but it's not something that you connected with i think that i connected with this is because i think i think that i was a kid who didn't feel like other kids sometimes i didn't feel like i was what a boy should do and all that other stuff i'm like you know i'm a straight dude i'm married to a woman right it's not like a Thing like that, but it's like, uh, uh, you don't feel as masculine or you don't feel as what you're supposed to do. You don't like sports, you don't like this other stuff.
1: You, 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 can say I in that sentence.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I think that it was an introduction from a very early age that, like, it's okay to not be like all the other kids or like the other things. And I mean, I liked a lot of things that boys liked. I guess that's fine. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's almost an introduction to the arts and like being. Uh, like sympathetic to storytelling and to you know less manly quote-unquote things right and i feel like that came into my life at a very young and very impressive age probably before i was even aware that this was happening but i connected with that outsider nature of it i connected with being different than everybody else or being proud of being different than everybody else and being an individual and liking something that was different also i like the color red
1: Yes, you do. <laughs> I think that's probably why you definitely related to it, But I
0: think that that's... It's a pretty radical... Like, I mean, again, it's frustrating that we still have a lot of people in this country that can't learn the simple lesson of, like, hey, don't be shitty to people who are different than you. But, like, we've had these messages for a long time, and I think people do learn from them, and kids watch it, and that's good. They learn a lesson, and maybe it's not perfect, and it's dated, And the women are treated poorly, and Santa's a huge dick, but, you know, a lot of men in your life are dicks, so it's probably okay to learn. Like, it's okay to have a complicated relationship with, like, yeah, that guy gives me presents, but also, he's a dickhead who is reindeer. Like,
1: everybody's not Uh, one thing. You know, it's funny that Santa's a dickhead in this movie, because when you ask our kids, they don't... They love getting presents. They don't love Santa.
0: Yeah, so we can talk about that in a future episode on something. Uh, another Christmas movie that I think touches on that as well. But yeah. you're right. Our children are just like, mm, like they, our kids never wanted to go sit on Santa's lap. They can't this year. They probably wouldn't have wanted to anyway. No,
1: they're good. They're with like,
0: mm, we're okay with like keeping our distance. They're
1: good with like theoretical Santa I Six feet
0: see. away or more. Yeah. More away. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I think that Hermie has a good story arc.
0: hmm
1: I think Yukon does. He's, his-
0: he serves a function. You know, I don't yeah. think he's a character that necessarily has an arc, but he is—he's actualized when they meet him, and it's important that they meet a person who's actualized.
1: And I still don't love Rudolph's arc. I just don't. I like. I just don't like it.
0: All right, what do you think about that snowman guy? The <laughs> old no, good old Burl Ives, our narrator, great voice. Uh, this I, and I think you know the songs in this are are very good, is oh, one yeah. of the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't that, argue with you on that that, en- that endures. I think that, you know, Summer Rudolph's a great Gold, song.
1: There's Always Tomorrow.
0: Those are good, and then you get, like, Holly, Jelly Christmas, and you get, of course, Rudolph the red Reindeer at the end. I mean, these are good songs. Even Santa Claus's, like, egocentric little jingle, jingle, jingle is
1: catchy. I think that as a kid, I didn't like the Burl Live's stuff I think that my child perspective was like okay enough old guy talk let's get to the story
0: oh I like him I've always liked him I find it delightful when the elf movie like reintegrated like a snowman character and yeah. like played on the North Pole is very much like what Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer yeah. looked like and I appreciate that um that's why I think that movie connects with me a lot of ways is like that North Pole is like my North Pole from watching Rudolph uh... a little bit yeah so um yeah, I like Burl I He's, uh, I like a good, like, I just like Burl Lives's voice with Christmas music is real strong. You know what I mean? It's like, I've always felt like everybody loves Bing Crosby's Christmas. I'm like a Bur Lives guy. I like Bing Crosby Christmas, but I also really like, I'm Burl Ives Christmas. I like what he does here.
1: As I continue to think about this, mm-hmm. I'm hating this more, movie more and <laughs> more. Because it's... I, I just... I, I can't, Tyler. It's like... It's perpetuating the story of, like, go back to your abuser, too. It's like, go back to all the people who treat you like shit. Well, he like doesn't shit. go
0: back to them. He's an adult. Rudolph
1: does. He does Hermie not go does. back. No, he... Yukon joins go back, them.
0: They go back and demand change. Do they? They go back and they say, like, I want to still open this. If you don't like it, I'm gonna... That's fine. But I'm gonna do it. And they're that's like, fine, okay, let's and do it. I'm gonna
1: put up with you treating me like shit.
0: They don't, though. They learn oh, the lesson. sure
1: they do for I, like Five minutes. I don't know what. Fuck that whole place.
0: You know, in this, (laughs) we're recording this at a very contentious time in our country, where I have a feeling sometimes of just like wanting to reject the people that I don't understand or I don't get why they feel a certain way, and I honestly think the more I think about that, and it's a very natural reaction to just be like, no, fuck them, right?
1: I feel like we're in opposite roles here because I'm usually the one telling you not to do that. I feel like so let's hear it
0: the the like I don't think that that's well as much as I have the urge to do that and want to do that and feel like that's the right thing to do personally for my own emotional sanity. I feel like that is like morally not the right choice, and I feel like this story is talking about similar things. It's like you can't just pretend that didn't happen or those people don't exist especially when you've grown up there and it's the only world you ever known you can face it you can lead and make a difference and i think that there's a there's a message there that is important is it always right is it it does does Rudolph really deserve that why
1: is rufolph's fucking responsibility it and that's the to thing. teach them to stop being shitty
0: this this never says that it is it never says that it's his responsibility to go back he makes that choice to do that himself and i think the that that is admirable telling
1: you. The I, telling I think you. you're
0: reading into that i don't think it's telling you anything of that
1: Well, I mean, if you're going to read into the fact that it's telling you that they're all warm and fuzzy... They're not, and and Then you're also reading into it. I
0: think it's important that, you know, he... Santa asks him if he'll lead the sleigh, and he says that he would do it. And that's his choice. And there's no, like... No, I just... (laughs) I'm just saying, like...
1: He's being fucking manipulated. Yeah,
0: I think you can read into this in a very negative...
1: In a way that is
0: very cynical and shows that the world does not change. And you know what? On a lot of days, when I turn the news on, I would agree with you. Like, fucking world hasn't changed. What's the point of pretending that we need to tolerate people who are intolerant? Right? Yeah.
1: But I don't think, I don't think that movie, that's the message. I don't think this movie had any intention whatsoever. I think this movie was like, this is a nice movie about I absolutely
0: Rudolph. disagree with that. I think that this is a story that is trying to teach about intolerance. And I a think smidgey. it does a good job. Yeah. A smidgey, The entire concept is based around intolerance. And to have others be accepting then of things that are it different. why does
1: a better ending? If it's really thinking about that, then because why doesn't at, it, unfo- it have well, a better fucking ending? Because
0: it, at the end of the day, it is adapted from a song where he gets to lead the sleigh and has to go and do that in a foggy day.
1: Uh, if it was really doing that, I feel like Santa needed to... How hard would it have been to have Santa actually learn something as well?
0: Is it... He, well, because it's not, it's not about that so much as... This is a story about Santa Claus because he's kind of an antagonist. And antagonists, unfortunately, as we long have known, don't always learn the lesson. And there may be – it's growth by inches, right? So he's made a couple inroads, but he's not perfect. He's not changed, right? And I think that's realistic. In a lot of ways, I feel like the progress that's shown in this is probably a little bit more real- realistic than, like, the cookie-cutter. Like, everybody learned a lesson, and everybody loves Rudolph now. It's like, that's not the real world, is it? That's not how people treat how others that are different.
1: that's selling the movie,
0: Mm, I that's why I'm saying I connect with it because I think it's a little bit more nuanced than that. I feel like is the things that you're complaining about are there intentionally to say like, yes, this is not, it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. You're going to still feel bigotry when you go back.
1: Okay. So that's fine. That's, I agree with you. Yeah. I don't like it. Now, I'm not saying that it's, it's a movie that's perpetuating any fucking thing. I think it's, it was trying to do that and it did that. I don't. Totally 100% love it.
0: Do you want to know what I think? I think you don't like how Rudolph and Hermie sound, and you think Santa's a dick. And that's why you don't like it.
1: Well, it's like... <laughs> correct. It's like encouraging people to go back to their workplace of of violence.
0: He was never employed before then.
1: Hermie there. is a fucking slave He doesn't elf.
0: go back to his workplace. He opens up his own dental office. But he
1: goes back to that community.
0: Well, he want, because he wants to serve the community. No, I... The movie's bad. I can tell that you have watched this through the lens of 2020, which has been an absolute shit year for, like, expecting better better things out of people.
1: Well, sometimes you don't have to be forgiving. Sometimes you don't have to go back to your asshole dad and, and, and be... be- it's forgive him. I just and, the, and nobody even asked for his forgiveness. What's funny to
0: me is that I know that you don't really feel that way. What I think you, you feel like that right now because it's been a shit year, but you're not an in, you are more forgiving than I am. That's what I'm saying. Like you are more of a person that would choose Rudolph's path than I would be.
1: Maybe that's why I'm so angry. Because I know what Rudolph's path really leads to. He's going to forgive yeah, these I people, and they're all going to really, shit on him some you
0: soured. This world has soured Rudolph now. Look what's <laughs> happened. The pandemic has now, has now struck Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Look what's happened. Look what, look what it's done. Why are those toys
1: even on Misfit Island? Because they
0: didn't like him. Oh, okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> We forgot about this. I wanted to talk about... uh This has gotten so deep that I don't... It was supposed to be a lighthearted conversation. <laughs> I was going to ask... One of my questions I was going to ask is like, what's your favorite Misfit toy? <laughs> like, that was going to be a real question.
1: Um. Well, I hate Charlie because of his fucking voice. And
0: Char- oh, I like... I love that voice.
1: Charlie! Because
0: <laughs> <Charlie>. I... <laughs> I like to do that voice, so it's fun. Oh my! Oh, where, where, where we going? We're going to Charlie's. Okay,
1: so there's this restaurant downtown <laughs> mm-hmm. that um we've never eaten at, <laughs> but it's called Charlie's. And it's like
0: an Irish pub.
1: Yeah, we've which, gone in and out of business, I think, a few times. Yeah. Um, it's across the street from. Anyway, every time that we drive by, you're like, "Oh, let's go to Charlie's."
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, what I I don't think I realized I was doing was Charlie in the box.
1: Did, no, we did not realize until we rewatched this. I thought I was now. doing,
0: like, a really bad... It's a comically bad Irish accent. No, I'm doing Charlie was, from Charlie I thought it was, Box. like,
1: maybe from, like, It's Always Sunny.
0: Well, because it's an Irish pub, and that's why yeah, that's so going there. Yeah, so then there's
1: this... Cra- and then I was like, Charlie! I was like, that sounds like... Tyler, that's your bit!
0: Yeah, it's a thing that I do, and it's clearly, like... Yeah, it's weird how some of these things... uh come into my brain and they stay there and then I forget where it came from.
1: Well, I'm with my children in my agreement that most of the Misfit toys don't belong there. So to pick a favorite, so am I picking a favorite?
0: Just one you like the most. Which one would you take home if you had a choice? You get first, pick, first dibs. I know mm, what I would answer. I don't want
1: that whiny fucking doll. <laughs> she deserves to be on Misfit. Fucking island. And we
0: learned later, like, because our daughter especially was like, what's wrong with her? Like, what's wrong? Why is she a misfit? And I think, like, either Rankin or Bass, whatever, whoever was still alive.
1: It was just
0: like, she's depressed. Oh, she's just depressed. And I was Poor like, oh, thing. fair enough. I guess that's pretty bad.
1: I mean, I don't want a doll that's fucking Maybe she depressed. just
0: got rejected in, like, the Toy Story way that, like, in Toy Story 4, for example, when the quote unquote villain uh, doll she's putting all her hopes on this girl liking her and then the girl is just like eh. and then it's like that you'd feel pretty depressed if you put all your time and effort into like thinking one way and then have it just be crushed in a second she would be depressed that would make you a misfit wouldn't it no the answer is obviously cowboy riding an ostrich i don't know why we're even having this discussion
1: oh now that you mentioned cowboy riding an ostrich
0: he's the best <laughs> that's when you take home immediately and be like K-. first of all that's the most unrealistic thing. You think the lion, which is fucking weird, don't get me wrong, very strange, don't know what's going on with that lion, but the very, the weirdest thing, the most unrealistic part about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Ranger is that some kid would actually reject a cowboy riding an ostrich as a toy. I would fucking have 15 of those. Well, it was
1: 1964.
0: Terrible children. How dare they reject the cowboy riding an ostrich?
1: I, I think all our parent. I mean, as old millennials, all our parents are, are products of this time, so. <laughs> I mean
0: the 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 train that has the square wheels i mean that is i mean it's it kind of hinders the toy a little bit i
1: mean wheels are not square yeah so yeah. that that one's a definite i mean fuck but
0: up. i mean it's fine i mean again i think yeah a lot of kids would probably appreciate that like look at this it's a beautiful mistake which is mm-hmm. what we teach our children about
1: i like the elephant with the pink polka dots oh see there's nothing wrong with that either like super cute they literally sell that today
0: oh yeah like well, i think they sell a lot of this stuff but um the,
1: yeah. the the bird that can swim in the water that's pretty great cool. super great fucking love that the,
0: the pistol that shoots jelly is confusing to me because i feel like it could also shoot water i mean
1: i know how <laughs> water guns work and you yeah. just fill it with whatever the fuck fluid so
0: what want. kind of a water gun only- would only work if the liquid was thicker
1: <laughs> i don't understand like because
0: jelly's pretty thick it's tough to like and
1: I feel like for the right crowd yeah that's perfect
0: yeah oh are you kidding you know me what I'm
1: saying you know what I'm uh, saying it would be
0: great on a movie set if you need like a little splatter thing like a little spray bottle of red that could be like a.
1: yeah that's what I was talking about for sure
0: what were you talking about
1: I don't know K Y Jelly
0: oh jeez <laughs> <laughs> you know need... oh wow man you're in a dark place
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know I am what's
0: happened to you I don't
1: know I might be a little bit hungry
0: <laughs> and yet, we're talking about jelly, and you're like, first thing you go to is KY. <laughs> well,
1: I do have this bright red hair right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, Rudolph's great, and you're wrong. Um, oh, Rudolph's
1: fine. I just you asked me about what I remember watching. Now, when I watch it as an adult, it's it's enjoyable. I love a lot of the songs, but I, I'm still irritated by a few things. I'm not like hateful towards it. So oh, guess, news to me so after like, this
0: conversation.
1: <laughs> so like a couple of years ago, um, the Huffington Post tweeted that um, Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer is problematic, and uh. and the conservative media went insane about this. There was Fox News was all over the place interviewing people about how the the left liberals just want to take away Christmas. And I want to be very clear. Oh, I have a hard. I'm
0: struggling with. I'm, kind of agreeing with that sentiment but also like I can't agree with that overreaction I, I either. I just want
1: to be clear that like I am not in that category of like Rudolph's all about no I'm just trying to be I don't
0: think Rudolph that. is problematic even in a like it's problematic in the sense that it was made in 1964 and that's about it.
1: Yeah. I I I agree.
0: Like that's an that is an annoying. So article. my criticisms and is the, are
1: more personal, like, like I'm irritated. Was,
0: by this. I think I feel like Huffington Post was deliberately like baiting Fox News on that one yeah, a little them bit. Them. They're like, oh, let's get them riled up about this this year. And this is what oh, we used to get mad. Did they. This is what this is what they used to get mad about. It was just like, oh, they're taking Christmas, which no one ever did. Um, but see now we're trying to overthrow the government, so that's great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Woo-hoo>, go 2020.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's super fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. I love Rudolph. <laughs> our kids like it. Uh it's interesting to see what we've shown them that has held their attention and we've shown this to them on multiple years and this tends to be one that, that holds their attention compared to other things. I'm saying that's just that's a that's fascinating to me.
1: There's a bit of a slow part in the middle that sometimes loses them. Which part? I don't know. Maybe I I don't know. Like with the abominable snowman. You think that would be the exciting part?
0: Oh, our 3-year-old like, "Ooh, that's gay." Yeah. <laughs> He didn't like. It. I had to like promise him that he. Was I also be fine. think that
1: like the storytelling there is a little bit confusing.
0: Which part? You're not being specific. I don't
1: know. So like, okay, so Rudolph shows up. They're all in the fucking cave, and then Cornelius and Hermie get him, and then he falls over the cl- like. What? I'll
0: tell you exactly like, what's, what's going happening? on there. That is easily the most complicated sequence, animation wise. And I feel like it, that's tough, whatever, cause they have to get this giant thing to move, there's all these little characters. I think that is a product of the time period and the limitations of their budget and what the story was trying to be told. That is and an issue.
1: There's a couple th- throwaway lines that explain the plot, but like for a kid, like our kids were like, wait, what? Like what? Why? Yeah. It's like, oh, he pulled out all his teeth, but he had a toothache, so now he's a good guy, and they trained him, and they're like, well, I don't know. You feels keep, like I- you're
0: the one who keeps throwing this toothache thing, and they like, no one ever tells them about that. They just, we're trying to make it sound like the, we've been trying to, because we have a three year old who's been a little bit startled by it. We told a story of, like, he's not a bad guy. He's mm-hmm. got a toothache and he's grumpy, mm-hmm. which is not at all what's happening. He wants to eat them. Mm-hmm. And then he loses all the teeth and then it's just like, oh, I fell off a cliff in Yukon and finally was just like, listen, fucker, I can kill you or you can just, like, stop trying to eat everybody. And yep. the, the abominable snowman was like, all right, fine.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, that's what happened off screen, right? He's like, it's I will kill confusing. you. Or, well, yeah, again, I think it's a product of, like, this.
1: But it's also not believable that he, like, whipped that abominable snowman into shape. What do you mean? The abominable snowman is still very large, still very strong, and could still just squeeze them and pop all their guts out He's of their He's reformed.
0: Head. He's reformed. He lost his teeth. He lost I'm like, his... I'm
1: interested in seeing the story of Yukon Cornelius reforming the abominable snowman. Oh, yeah.
0: If I want to... If you gave me... Uh you told me I had a, a millions of dollars <laughs> and you told me I had to do some kind of like Christmas remake or Christmas story I'd be like the story, it's the story of you become Cornelius this is what the story we're gonna do
1: is it still stop motion or are we moving into oh, like
0: fucking live action 130 million dollar budget okay, and who we're mean- going crazy we're going out in the woods
1: <laughs> someone's gonna steal this idea who are you casting as Cornelius well
0: my first reaction is like Liam Neeson but oh, maybe not I was
1: not. Zach Galifianakis <laughs>
0: <laughs> dude so you're going comedy <laughs>
1: No, I'm going full serious.
0: I think Harrison Ford literally made this. Like, he made like the Call of the Wild movie this year. <laughs> so, I mean, he kind of. I mean, it would be Harrison Ford it would be a good. Choice is the name too. of
1: the movie just Yukon oh, Cornelius? Just, no, it's called
0: Yukon. It's called Yukon. It's set in Yukon. His name is Yukon Cornelius. Oh fuck yeah, that's a Disney Plus movie Fucking coming. Go write this shit soon. right now. Yeah, and the only reason, the you only, know, the only reason that hasn't been made is that Disney doesn't own Rudolph. They would have made this by now. Disney be like, fuck, we got hundred million dollars. Let's make Yukon.
1: Yeah, who else could we cast as Yukon? So I know. Fun dream, Sam, Sam Jackson. Jackson.
0: <laughs> He'd be great in it.
1: Well, then we just got to call it Black Yukon.
0: Why? What? Why? Man, you have lost your mind. You are a proud boy. <laughs> oh my
1: god! Because <laughs> he's black.
0: So what? Why does Yukon have to be white? What is your problem?
1: Because you can't have black people play white characters
0: oh my god i said
1: jokingly i said jokingly <laughs> oh my <laughs> god jokingly it's a joke
0: there are people out there that really believe that i
1: know those people are fucking stupid
0: well they're now they're, you're gonna get death threats now
1: i have friends
0: they're going now to t-
1: i've made friends
0: no see you just insulted them now so now uh, this website's gonna our episode's gonna post and there's gonna be all these uh threats of rape toward you oh god that's how the world works now i'm sorry
1: oh god <laughs> <laughs> help
0: uh, oh. 2020, man, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, I'm well, done with this episode. It <laughs> has been a pleasure. This has been an episode of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer from 1964.
0: Breaking all the rules, I, broke the, and broke the podcast process.
1: I'm curious to to do this episode again next year and just see what the difference is. Oh, we
0: should do that. Like the, that, Billy, Billy Eilish does the same interview every year. Have you seen that?
1: No. But uh-huh. basically that. Yeah. Like, will I have the same thoughts, or will they be completely opposite? Who knows? <laughs>
0: the mind of a woman. Am I right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Got to get the women back, back to town.
0: That is a line in the <laughs> movie. Is a
1: fucking movie. line. All right, guys, thanks for listening. I hope you had fun. Sorry if I offended you. It was not intended. I mostly was joking. <laughs> and uh, that's our podcast. And we'll talk at you another episode.
0: Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs>
1: Merry Christmas. <laughs>